Welcome to Feeling It, a podcast where we discuss TV, movies, pop culture, and whether or not we are feeling it. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. And here we go. Come on, walk and talk. Alright, here we go. You guys want to hear something neat? It's showtime! Hold your ears, folks. Here we go! See what you can do now. Take your position. Alright, ladies, buckle up. Let's do this. Hold on to your butts. Seriously? Listen to me very, very carefully. Hey, it's me again. Eat him up. Enjoy. Hello, listeners, new and old. Welcome to the first day of summer. This week, in addition to talking about what we're feeling, we are going to chat about some of our favorite summer songs from this year and years previous. But before we do that, let's introduce ourselves and tell the world what is the biggest movie you're skipping this summer. I'm Sandra Amstutz. I'm a social media manager in Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm definitely skipping War for the Planet of the Apes. Um, I haven't, oh, no. I haven't watched any of them. That's a good I, one. <laughs> yeah, I haven't watched any of the Planet of the Apes movies at all, and so I, this, I won't be watching this one either. All right. I am Lawson Soward, art director in Nashville, Tennessee, and there are so many I'm skipping. I don't know which one is the biggest because to me they all feel small. It's like so dumb. I could never make a movie with a one thousandth of these budgets. Um, but I'm definitely skipping Pirates of the Caribbean, Transformers, The Mummy, Alien, like all these big names that I'm just like, <laughs> no, I'm good. Oh man. Well, I am Lucas Schreider, designer in the Bay Area, and this year I am skipping the emoji movie. That comes out this summer? Yeah, that's the summer. And we're all, mm. here's the thing that I think is actually going to be the big, when you say biggest movie, I'm thinking about like mm-hmm. um, biggest box office success. Oh. And I think we're all well, skipping. Despicable, despicable me. <laughs> that's true. That's going to be yep. the biggest one. Yeah. Yep, for sure. Anything with so. minions involved is an automatic billion dollars worldwide gross. Yeah, very much so. But. Well, each week we like to talk about something we've discovered or rediscovered throughout the week, whether that be movies, TV shows, music, sports. Yeah. We've done sports now. (laughs) Um, Lawson, what are you feeling this week? What I am feeling this week is the latest season of The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yay. Have you guys seen any of the new season on Netflix? I have. I quit that show, so no, I haven't. Okay. The best thing about this season is it includes 100% fewer offensive Asian stereotypes. That's a good reason so, to get back in. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that. Um, By having zero Asians, you cannot do any of the Asian stereotypes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. There are <laughs> East Asian people in this uh, season. That is but true. It is not, they kind of like, I think they realized their writers have a big blind spot, or at least that's what I hope, because they kind of doubled down in season two, and I was like, mm-hmm. no, don't do that. Um, but this show is so funny. Um, those, uh, issues aside, it's one of the funniest shows, uh, on TV, Netflix, whatever you want to call it. Um, my favorite show potentially of all time is 30 Rock. And so this feels like the closest thing I have to more episodes of 30 Rock. And, uh, this season definitely delivers. There's a bunch of really interesting twists. A bunch of it is completely absurd um like it's not afraid to go into the zone of just being cartoonishly silly um but it makes it so fun and so funny and i this is i think my favorite season so far um they've all been funny but this one is just like uh i don't know what it what the right combination was um whether it was the fact that there's a lemonade parody tucked in there or (laughs) um uh 
uh, a lot of other crazy twists along the way. But I I love the season and I highly, highly recommend it. Yeah, I I really enjoyed this season a lot, and I think I I definitely liked season two. Um, but to me, this one had a lot more touchstones for me just to be able to to get involved in the story and um, really identify, I think, with a lot of characters. I feel like for the most part, I'm tired of Kimmy's role of just not knowing anything. Um, and that, to me, is kind of worn out a little bit. But I like how much they're focusing on the other characters around her, um, which all have a lot of really good issues, I think, um, that are fun to explore. Yeah. And I will, I I don't know that this is that much of a spoiler, but one of the things that I really appreciated about it was there's a a part of the plot this season of Kimmy going to college. And that's the kind of thing that in a sitcom, you're like, oh, you're in a new environment. This is funny. We're going to keep you here. Um, But then she like does really badly in college, which makes sense because she has a middle school education. So just because she's like really uh, has a lot of emotional intelligence and works really hard and is really positive doesn't mean that she's able to thrive in all these situations the way that you would ordinarily put into a, a show like this. So even though a lot of it is like completely cartoon ridiculous, there's also moments throughout that are kind of like really acknowledging what it would be like to, you know, be denied an education and things like that. So I, I like the little touchstones of, of groundedness, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. And if he digs from Hamilton fame um, is in this season, which doesn't hurt at all. Uh, there is a scene with him in a college lecture that is one of my favorite things. <laughs> Just because it's David Diggs. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah. Uh, Great season. All right. Oh, yeah. Definitely. All right. Sandra, what are you feeling this week? So this week, I um, am feeling the 2005 film Pride and Prejudice that Joe Wright directed and that Kira Knightley started. I'm obsessed with this movie it's one of my all-time favorite movies i think it's one of the few movies that i would say is a perfect movie i think it's a masterpiece um i rewatch pride and prejudice at least like two times a year and i have a whole thing i like candles i watch it on my computer in my room and like i turn <laughs> all the lights and i like wait you don't put it on the tv no, it's like a private thing like i have to be in my room <laughs> in my bed i'm like sitting up at attention when i watch it like i can't lounge and watch pride and prejudice i have to like like my posture is never so good as when i'm watching pride and prejudice it's not called ambivalence and prejudice lucas <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> that would have been better if i had said it quickly <laughs> I'm so focused on this movie because every... Are you in full formal wear? No, no, I'm not in that. But every moment of this movie is so perfectly performed and shot that you have to pay attention the whole time because you don't want to miss a camera motion that gives you so much information about the story. Um, I have not always loved Pride and Prejudice. I, for most of my life hated period pieces and thought that Jane Austen was dumb. And I want to tell y'all about what brought me back around to this place that I'm at now. Um, I used to hate period pieces. I was active on Tumblr. There is a Tumblr user who's kind of famous as um, having like tons of followers and writing these really lengthy posts and being super knowledgeable and interesting and a great writer. 
um, especially about pop culture. Um, her name is uh, Apriki, and uh, that's spelled A-P-R-I-K-I-I. So that's her username on Tumblr and Twitter. Um, and on Tumblr a long time ago, she made this big post about why Pride and Prejudice is an amazing movie, and she details all the great moments of the post and um, all the little things that are happening in the background that you don't even notice the first time you watch the movie. And Reese, and that is the post that got me into watching this movie and made me fall in love with this movie. Recently, she sort of recreated that post as a thread on Twitter full of gifs from the movie and commentary about why these gifs are so funny or so important or so meaningful or um, romantic. And uh, seeing that thread of gifs all over again from her is what made me rewatch it this Sunday night. Um, I'll retweet this thread on the Feeling It th um, podcast feed because it is, um, it's so, it's such a great way to, gifs are such a great way to analyze film um, and point out really beautiful shots that you only get to see for a moment when you're watching the film. In a GIF, you get to see them happen over and over again. So, for instance, in a GIF form, you get to see a moment where Darcy um, nearly knocks out Mr. Collins with his elbow because Mr. Collins is like half the height of him. Um, or in GIF form, you get to see have someone on Twitter point out that Mary is the goth sister at Pride and Prejudice and that all of her other sisters are dressed in like blues and greens and frilly dresses and she's in like this dark black dress and she, her clothing reflects just how depressed she is. Um, there are so many things about this movie that are so funny and so, so beautiful. I cry every single time um, at the last scene with her and her father. Um, I, I think this movie is hilarious and romantic and just a perfect example of what good filmmaking is. So if you haven't seen it, um, or if you haven't seen it in the past few months, you should go and rewatch Pride and Prejudice. It's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I have never seen it, but, uh, reading that gift thread, I was like, oh, these shots are amazing. I mean, it's, a beautiful Jane Austen period piece. I guess I shouldn't be that surprised that it's pretty, but like even from those uh, quick intervals, I can tell that the cinematography is really striking. So well, it's not. Joe Wright is an incredible director. I really adore him. And, um, you know, I don't know. I've never watched the Pride and Prejudice miniseries with Colin Firth. I love Colin Firth, but I don't know whether that miniseries would. Um, delight me as much as this movie does because there are some shots in this movie that are some of the most breathtaking cinematography I've ever seen. Um, and mm. so that's a big part of what makes this movie so great. Yeah, I, I was definitely going to give a shout out to Joe Wright for sure. I think he um, is an excellent director. He has directed some amazing things. Um, also, I'll give him credit for discovering Saoirse Ronan. But, oh. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I, I think some of the work that he does with this movie and with a lot of his movies are just perspective. Yes. You you do get a lot of perspective from a bunch of different characters, not with dialogue or anything like that, but just with um, where he's choosing to, to take shots from, um, which is really, really there cool. There's so many shots in this movie of like balls and parties. 
and these tracking shots that follow different characters through the ball. And as they do that, you get to see all the different minor characters in the movies having mo having these moments that show so much about who that character is and what they're going through at that part of the story. Um, and it's these fleeting things that make this movie so special. Um, I, like I said, every time I watch it, I feel like I see something new in it. So, mm. And it's chock full of famous people. Yeah. So many famous people. It's really good. It's Kira Knightley at some of her best. And I also am a huge Kira Knightley fan. So, I, like I said, it is, um, I think, one of two movies that I would call a perfect movie. I, I think everyone who loves film should know this film backwards and forwards. Ooh, what's your other movie? I, I think The Social Network. I think those are the two that, if you ask me, they are perfect movies. I, I can't find a flaw in them. All right, all right. I have another that I would name among perfect movies, but I feel like someone's going to talk about it later, so I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is a great transition to what I am feeling this week. Um, I am finally, finally on the bandwagon for Jordan Peele's um, d director debut, Get Out. I watched perfect that movie. This week. <laughs> that is on Lawson's list. Um, it, it is hard to criticize this movie. It is so, so well done. Um, I honestly think, like, I didn't really know what to expect going into this movie. Um, I knew it was a, like, horror thriller type thing, um, and which is not, not my genre at all. But Sandra watched it, so I knew I could watch right. it. <laughs> I love when we beat each other's she, gauge, Lucas. I know, right? <laughs> so I knew I knew it was something that I could actually get through. So I watched it by myself on a Sunday afternoon, and it was great. It was so, so, so well done. I think one of the things Jordan Peele talked about was just like, yes, this is his first, this is the first full-length movie he's directed. But with Key and Peele, they directed tons and tons of shorts. And so he says he feel like like he's done uh, like over 300 short films just on his own um, with doing Key and Peele, which makes a lot of sense because coming into this movie, it really feels like this is someone who is comfortable behind the camera and comfortable um, kind of like in being in charge of something this big. Um, and it is, a, it is a small movie. Um, but he, I think takes such control of what's happening in this movie that you never feel, uh, you never feel like the movie's wandering at all. Um, I, I don't know if I would go so far as to say it's a perfect movie, but I, I would give it a full five stars for sure. It is so well done. I don't want to talk about the plot at all. If you haven't seen it, um, I would definitely, definitely look into it. The only, the only thing I'll say is that it's about a, a, a black man going to visit his white girlfriend's family for the weekend and meeting them for the first time. Um, I think, I think it's not, it's not, it's not the movie I expected it to be. Um, and I think it's such a good commentary on where we are today as a nation. <laughs> this is one of those that they kept in theaters so, a really long time. I think yeah. there's a dollar theater around us that still has it, um, which is crazy to me. But I'm so glad to know that even just like hanging out at, by yourself on a Sunday afternoon, it still has that same potency. I mean, it's like I said, it's a perfect movie, much like Moana in that it's a perfect movie but much different than Moana in every other way. Um, <laughs> it's it's one of those where it has um, genuine thrills and scares and moments that make, you, make your heart fill up and moments that make your heart hurt. And uh, 
like a a kind of empathy and commentary that you don't see in other movies. I just I I was completely blown away and not just from like oh that I agree with you one hundred percent that it seems like somebody who's very comfortable behind the camera and I was amazed that this could be anybody's like feature debut, but also it just felt unlike any other movie that I had I had seen. Um yeah, it's it's awesome. I'm really glad that you saw it and you liked it. And can we also say killer cast? Like a cast oh, yeah. that oh, yeah. I would never pick any single one of them to be in the horror movie of the year. Like um, none mm-hmm. of them, I think, ring as like big actors that do like scary movies. But um, I think they all killed it, and I'm real. I was really a fan of all of these actors going into this movie, and then I'm definitely still a fan going out. And all perfectly cast. Yes. Like yeah. they are just exceptional at what they're doing yes. here. So good. Is the brother in other stuff? He was the only guy I didn't recognize. Oh yeah, um, he was in yes. the X Men First Class movie. I know for sure, and he's been in other things too. Okay, cool. Yeah, that was how they play on expectations that you have associated with these actors. I thought was so great. Right. It was all masterful. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into our main topic: songs of the summer. Every year by the end of the summer, um, I think I have. I have a song that is peak summer. That is the the song for me that um, really defines that year. Um, do you guys have that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I usually have like yeah. a playlist by the end of the summer of like, mm-hmm. these are my songs that really made the summer for me. And then I also have a song that like was overarching the song of the summer in pop culture. Like Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, I was just going to say there always seems to be some song that even if it's something that feels unremarkable to you, a lot of times the song of the summer is something that I love. It's like a complete earworm. But I feel like there's been mm-hmm. one or two summers recently where I've been like, oh, I I guess that's the song of the summer. Like it's been everywhere, but <laughs> it doesn't feel that remarkable. See, to me, um, yeah. a good song of the summer is one that whether you listen to it or not, you know it's the song of the summer. It, like it, you yes. can't deny it because you hear it everywhere, whether it's like your favorite or not. Like you could just look at yes. that summer and so, of course, that was the song of the summer because what no other song could have been. Like blurred lines yeah. was the song of that summer. Yep. Like without a doubt. Yes. yes. Going back a long way. Yeah. I was thinking sexy back. Like that was the song of sure. the summer. Um, happy was the song of the summer happy, happy yeah um, call me yep. baby like yep yep like those types of songs but then i also think you have songs that are like your personal like when you think of like when you hear that song you think of summer and it might not mean the same thing to anybody else but it's on your playlist and it's and it's and it's every time it comes on that's what you think of yeah. um so let's talk about some of the songs that we have had in the past um and some new ones that you think you're gonna be adding this summer okay well i'm gonna take it way back um there is a song and i'm gonna get very little literal here um summer girls from lfo do y'all remember this song yeah yes. you. Um, <laughs> girls that wear abercrombie and fish yes so i really love this song it's a perfect example of like pop culture references and cheesy boy bands and everything that i really love um it's a song that I listened to and loved when it came out, but I really fell in love with it during college summers. Um, hanging with a bunch of girlfriends that um, we all listened to this band when we were younger and rediscovering our love for this song. Hip 
pop marmalade spick and span met you one summer and it all began you're the best girl that i ever did see the great larry bird jersey 33 when you take a sip you buzz like a hornet billy shakespeare wrote a whole bunch of sonnets call me willie whistle cause i can't speak baby something in your eyes went and drove me crazy now i can't forget you and it makes me mad left one day and never came back stayed all summer then went back home macaulay culkin wasn't home alone Deep in love, but now we ain't speaking. Michael J. Fox was Alex P. Keaton. When I met you, I said my name is Rich. You look like a girl from Abercrombie and Fitch. New kids on the block had a bunch of hits. Chinese food makes me sick. And I think it's fly when girls stop by for the summer. For the summer. I like girls that wear Abercrombie and Fitch. I take her if I have one wish. But she's been gone since that summer. Since that summer. It's just the perfect example of nonsensical pop that I really, really... <laughs> it's like rhyme at all costs. Um, <laughs> I love lyrics like, when you take a sip, you buzz like a hornet. <laughs> Billy Shakespeare wrote a whole bunch of sonnets. Um, it's a <laughs> yeah. lyric I really love. Um, and, Chinese food makes me sick. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And so um, I know every single word to this song. I'll never forget the lyrics to this song. And... <laughs> Um, I also love summer songs that say the word summer in them. Um, I like to be very literal <laughs> with my pop music, and um, this is just one that I will always cherish. That's awesome. Yeah, this is one of those where I don't know, with with boy bands, like who writes the backing track, who writes the lyrics, what it is, but I just wish I could have been in the meeting whenever the lyrics were first unveiled. <laughs> like, this is what you're going to sing. <laughs> like, oh, okay. But it's it works. It totally works. And it's such a fun song. Yeah, yeah this is a, that's a great summer jam. Another one I want to bring up and just kind of briefly is... Um, Edward Sharp and the Magne- Magnetic Zero's um, song, Home. Yes. Um, I yep. fell in love with this song in college during the summertime. It's um, like different friends I had in college getting me into like indie music. And I just remember listening to this and feeling like these people that I've gotten to know and that I'm choosing to spend my summer with, they feel like home to me. And it's schmaltzy in like a really perfect way. So that song feels like summer to me because it has such a like a warm connotation. What other songs from the past have like really brought out the summer vibes? Yeah, so 2001, uh, I bought my first CD. Um, I had <laughs> asked for one CD before as a present, and that was NSYNC's self-titled debut. But the first time I ever spent my own money on a CD was Jimmy World's Bleed American. And it came out whenever I was pretty young still. Um, but there was a song on it that was the song of the summer for me that summer because I was always going to the skate park. Um, yes. Don't worry, I was doing aggressive inline, the least impressive of all of the skate park <laughs> activities. <laughs> um, but I would listen to this in my headphones all the time. I remember burning it onto my computer, and I had a little iRiver MP3 player, um, and oh, I man. put the song Sweetness by Jimmy Eat World on there. Uh, and I would listen to it on repeat when I was skating Texas summers on uh, through the skate park. And I would listen to it on the drive 
to and from the skate park whenever my you know mom would drop me off and that would seem like it would be something that had like a very specific kind of uh you know preteen uh, association with me, but it's a song that never got old, and it was kind of a song of the summer for me every year. Like, every year, whenever school let out through high school, less so in college, but especially in high school, um, I was listening to this whole album all the way through, really, but the song that really catalyzed the feeling of just, like, the energy, the electricity, the endless possibility that you feel in summer uh, was Sweetness. Yeah, obviously not the most lyrically advanced. Half of the lyrics are whoa. Um, like any but good song has. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's so perfect for the summer. I love it so much, and I, I always will. Um, another oldie uh, but goodie that has a super specific summer connotation, not just like something that I remember when I got it, but it became kind of an evergreen, but something that like is one specific summer to me. The summer of 2010 is Kesha's TikTok. There were several other singles that summer, but Sandra, you and I were working on a film set that summer together, and we had to get up at the crack of dawn every day to go drive to set. And I don't know, I don't even feel like we talked about it. We just like found out at one point that both of us listened to Kiss FM, the pop music station. Yes, because on the way. I was driving a car that wasn't mine for the set. So I had to listen to the radio. I couldn't like listen to um, like any CDs of my own. And I had not yet found or started to appreciate podcasts and so I really wanted music but I wanted people to be talking also to help me stay awake so I listened to the morning shows because they would like give you what the top 10 songs of the week were um and like talk through them as they were doing it and have all these you know morning show typical stuff and so there were some other songs uh in that summer that were really big but that one just encapsulates all of the... I mean, that summer was a real mixed bag for me personally, but the movie set experience was so fun and so great, and that song, to me, reminds me of every positive connotation with that summer, which was like a very like singular moment in time and in my life, and just like beautiful kind of once-in-a-lifetime thing. Here's the thing, so, is that when thinking about what I was going to talk about today... I could have listed 10 different Kesha songs. Kesha is <laughs> oh, the yeah. perfect summer music artist. 
Um, I've oh had so many road trips of friends just belting out Kesha songs. I've gone to so many late night summer parties where we dance to Kesha music. Um, yeah, I, I could have listed any of them, but um, this is a perfect one because it's the one that we all got to know her from. Well, I'll be controversial and say Dashboard Confessional was the original Kesha, maybe. Um. What? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to force well, the transition that hard. <laughs> no, no. I mean, the, I mean, the song. Like, I think Dashboard Confessional had so many like summer songs, and the and they were songs that everybody like hung out to at parties and danced to. Right? Right? Oh. Okay. Speaking I really yourself. want you to stick the landing, so I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> anyway, um, but what, one of the songs that really sticks out to me as like a summer song is Hands Down by Dashboard Confessional. Yeah, so I listened to that all the time. Um, that I think that was one that got blasted in like cars more than anything that I remember. Um, yeah, like I, I think for me, like that is that is one of the one of the songs that always reminds me of summer because um, I I only think about it in association with like being in a car or being at a party and that just kind of blaring out. But um, another that. one, yeah, I mean I. It's dashboard confessional, so it's it's hard for me to not (laughs) (laughs) to not have great nostalgic feelings about it. Um, But another song that that reminds me really of last summer. um, It's one one that was on my playlist a ton. Alaska by Maggie Rogers. song is great like that's that's a song that is a lot slower and doesn't have like the poppy summer vibe that i feel like a lot of summer songs have um but it came out last summer and was on i think the radio a lot and on a lot of my playlists and i think that's that's one that just gets kind of caught in my head and it's more of a just kind of chill hanging out on the beach on a summer night kind of feeling yeah that's kind of i'm just now thinking about this lucas Living in California, does every song that comes out throughout the year feel like a summer song? Like, it's high 70s in the day and upper 60s in the night, I guess. It's a summer song. It does feel like, like winter it's... here sometimes. Okay. No, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, you're um, but... <laughs> You know, it's not like you're living in L.A. No, no. But so I, I, it, it gets colder. But um, I, I, I think for me, like, we don't have... We, we don't have like this big drive of yes now it's summertime now we can go outside and like do stuff um so for 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 us it does kind of roll into spring and fall and stuff like that a lot too so i think summer here is a lot more like chill a lot more i mean our our beaches aren't like la beaches so we've got a lot more like like late night beach bonfires where it's still a little chilly and that kind of thing um 
so that's what I think about in summer. And so that song, I think, really, really fits that kind of vibe. All right. Do you guys want to talk about this year's hits? Mm-hmm. Well, at least what we think will be. All right. Yeah. You're predicting here. So what song do you think is going to come down the pipeline and be the song of the summer? 2017 edition. Okay. Well, I should say that I don't think that this song is going to be the nation's song of the summer. I think that what I'm bringing... Okay. Your personal... Yeah. It's going to be my yes. song of the summer. Um Okay. This weekend, Lord came out with her new album finally, Melodrama. Uh, I'm obsessed with it. I think it is incredible. I'm a huge Lord fan. I think she's one of the best songwriters out there right now. Um, I've been anxiously awaiting this album, and now that I have it, I I'm just blown away by it. And I can't pick a song that like. Well, I can, I have, but it's hard for me to pick a song (laughs) that is like the one song from this album that's going to stick with me this summer because so many songs stick with me. Um, Every time I listen to it, a different song really pulls me in and makes me listen to it over and over again. Um, The one that grabbed me first, that wasn't one of the first singles that she already released. I think Green Light is amazing. Um like perfect places was really cool um but once the album came out one of the newer songs on it that really grabbed my attention is super cut um lord makes you know lord is very vocal about the fact that robin is a big influence on her and i think that's most evident in super cut in your car the radio romance um i i love so much about it as i get older i find myself more drawn to sad summer pop music um i still love (laughs) like you know the hits like call me maybe but um i'm also getting really into lana del rey and like um Mm -hmm. that like grooving slightly sad but still upbeat kind of pop song and a lord is really great at that um this whole album is full of that super cut um is the song that I find myself singing to myself um, when I'm not listening to the album. When I'm just doing something at work or lying in bed, I find myself singing Supercut in my head. Um, The lyrics in this song are brilliant. Um, There's a lyric in here that I just played where... She says, so I fall into continents and cars, all the stages and the stars. I turn all of it to just a super cut. Um, And that's just like one piece of a song full of great lyrics. Lord lyrics Mm -hmm. are so, like, I don't know how she does it. In her last album and in this album, I'm blown away by them. Um, If you haven't listened to the Lord album yet, you need to. It is, 
I I'm I can't believe she she did it again. She did it again. Yeah, it's, it's really good, and I totally see what you're talking about with Robin being a, a huge influence on this album. Like I think. Yeah, I I love love Robin, and this is I think one of the reasons that I really love where, what Lord is doing with this and new album is a lot of that influence. I want to say, <laughs> yeah, "Call Your Girlfriend" was my song of the summer in like 2012. Oh yeah, for sure, I want for, to sure say for sure. I think one thing that makes Lord great is that I can see Robin as an influence on her, and especially like in this song, but. Um, mm-hmm. I don't feel like it's Lord doing Robin. You know, like there are certain no, artists where you're like, yeah. oh, this is them doing this other artist. Like recently, right. Selena Gomez doing Regina Spector and Bad Liar. <laughs> um, but yeah. this is n- truly like you can feel that this is a Lord song. This is Lord being herself mm-hmm. um, and just growing as an artist. Yep. Totally. But also, mm-hmm. go another song that really is um, pulling my heart from this album <laughs> is uh, The Louvre. It's, it, that is such a beautiful, perfect song as well. Um, I could say this about mm-hmm. a lot of the songs on here, but that's one that I really... I had a hard time choosing between those. <laughs> it's yeah. a good album. It really is. Feeling it endorses the album in its entirety. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, my song of the summer this year, I, I I agree with you, Sandra. I don't think this is going to be the song of the summer. I think the song of the summer is probably going to be like DJ Khaled's "I'm the One" or Carly Rae Jepsen's "Cut to the Feeling" or or Selena Gomez's "Bad Liar." Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of like really good poppy stuff that is just like a lot more infectious than this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to pick "Hi, I Want You Back" because it's so good, but my like the thing that hits all my sweet spots for uh, a song to be this summer's song of the summer is Calvin Harris's Slide. The reasons, not least of which, are that it features uh, Frank Ocean and Migos. Um, it is such a good song. It is so catchy, and it is one of those songs where the very end of it, like, seamlessly transitions into so many other songs. Or, you know, the same song again. So uh, <laughs> it's a great addition to pretty much any summer playlist. And mm-hmm. uh, I think it's great for uh, summer drives. It's great for uh, we were on the lake the other day, and it was perfect for that. It's just everything that I associate with summer, I think this works as the perfect soundtrack to it. That underneath piano track is just so dreamy and goes on through the whole thing and then it's got this like really great beat that they lay on top of it. It's it's a wonderful song start to finish. Totally. I, yeah, I have never been a huge Calvin Harris fan. This is actually one of the first songs that I've been like, oh, I can listen to this. Me too, man. <laughs> um, um, and so I'm, I, I think this is definitely going to be on my summer playlist for sure. And it's my turn again. Yep. Um, <laughs> Uh, so my, along with yours, is a song that I feel like will not be 
like a uh, a chart topper at all. Um, but will be on my personal playlist and I'll be jamming to a lot. It is on brand, very on brand for me, very chill. <laughs> it is another Dashboard Confessional song. No. Yeah, yeah, Dashboard Confessionals again. Um, no, it's Astro Des and the song is Breathe. So that is something that uh, I've been jamming to all week, and I think that is, I think, one of the perfect songs for me yeah, this Lucas, summer. Yeah, I haven't heard that before, and I'm feeling it, so I need to go check that oh, out. Oh, yeah, it's great. <laughs> I will echo Sander 100%. Yeah, Astrid S. is really weird, weird artist, but I think, like, in the vein of, like, Lord um, and Robin just kind of, like, doing her own thing, but has got some really, really, really great lyrics and um, some pretty awesome backing beats as well so check it out yes do you guys think there is one like clear gonna be the song of the summer topping the charts like right now it's between a couple i really don't think you can know until the end of the summer like you can try to predict it's but it's never gonna be clear until august Mm -hmm. or september but i'm I'm hoping for miley cyrus i'm hoping for miley cyrus <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying because it's Miley, but just not that song. Oh, yeah. Malibu? No, I don't think it's going to be Malibu. I think it's going to be another song off oh. that album. Malibu is not is not gotcha. a chart topper. Okay, well, I haven't listened but. to anything else. But, I mean, it's not going to be Carly Rae Jepsen, but in a perfect world, it would be. <laughs> I mean, it could be. Y'all are a lot more forgiving of Miley than I am, so maybe it will. <laughs> maybe it'll be Miley. No, I said Carly. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I would love yeah. it to be Carly. <laughs> <laughs> that song is so yeah. good i still haven't listened to that album or those tracks lucas you need to send me those carly ray jepson tracks oh yes i do because I, I do like that song yep, and I whenever i hear it i'm totally give me it. love lawson that's my yep. big pick from that album mm-hmm. give me love do you guys think ed sharan could talk i mean could talk deserve success no song. here's the no, thing no not deserve I mean, it, it wouldn't <laughs> surprise me i don't really listen to ed sheeran but like when i hear an ed sheeran hit i'm like yeah i get it I get it. This is fun to dance to on a boat. Like, um, and so, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't pay attention enough to his music to even know what his song would be this mm-hmm. summer. Um, but yeah. if someone told me he had the song of the summer, I wouldn't blink an eye. Yeah, He's the number one most streamed artist on Spotify. Is and he I've, really? Yes, and I've never wow. listened to any of his music. Ever? I mean, you've heard his music. I, I believe you, but you would have to tell me Oh, yeah, that was Ed Sheeran after the song was over. Sure. Like, we listened to it this weekend, I know, for sure, so. Okay, so I've definitely (laughs) heard it. (laughs) Guys, I'm really in the tank for Ed Sheeran. I really am. I I guess I'm the only one on this podcast. I don't know why I'm against him. Maybe it's just because it's like, it seems like such a force that cannot be stopped, and I am completely unfamiliar with it. Like, maybe if I listened to it, I could be down. Here's the thing. I would say I'm not drawn to Ed Sheeran, but like I said, 
when I hear one of his like big pop songs, I am like, it is infectious. I, I have fun dancing to it. Um, it's super catchy. So like, I totally get it. It's just not something that like, I'm ever going to seek out. Um, but like, right. what about his older acoustic stuff? So like, Again, I just know the big ones. I know that one where okay. he's like the music video is him dancing in a ballroom with someone. Um, it's like out loud or something. Like, and you got uh, me. I don't know the music. Yeah, videos. I don't know. It's like a big <laughs> song of his. Um, okay. And then one with love with your body or whatever. That one is like a hit. I love that song. Whenever it's on, I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. this is super shape sexy. of you. Yeah. Um, I'm in love with your body. That one. Um, yeah, yep. that is a oh, sexy that. song. Yes, Lawson, I know you have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a super sexy song. Um, like I said, I just can't get, bring myself to like listen to an album of Ed Sheeran music. Oh man! All right, but I, I got, do admit that I got to hit you guys up with a playlist. <laughs> you should, Lucas. I really would because he is a great songwriter. He's written great songs for One Direction. He's co-written songs with Taylor Swift. He like he writes mm-hmm. songs for big pop artists he's written songs for rihanna i think like he writes for not just himself and he's good and so i believe in ed sheeran as like a force i just like i'm not i wouldn't call myself an ed sheeran fan all right but i will listen to your playlist if you put together a playlist i will listen to him it's gonna be carly ray jepsen and ed sheeran just all mixed together (laughs) that's gonna be my summer playlist right there It's like uh, it's like raisin bran. You just like sneak the raisins yeah. in there, and eventually people will just continue to eat them. So, <laughs> all right. Well, we have no idea what the song of the summer no, will can't. be, but you can't know until it August. is impossible. But if you think you know, you can hit us up at Feeling It Pod on Twitter or feelingitpod at gmail um, Let us know what your song of the summer is, or what you think um, the collective international. Song of the also, summer will sorry, be. Also, sorry, just to interrupt um, real quick. I think Rihanna's coming out with new music soon. So, like, maybe we haven't oh, even heard the song of the yeah. summer yet because Rihanna oh, still is, so like, on her way. You can't count Rihanna out. That's all I wanted to say. You never can. She always has, like, 18 hits on her 12-song albums. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. It's true. With 42 songwriters right. combined. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> in the meantime, where can people hear from you guys individually? I'm on all social platforms at Sandra Amstutz. My last name is spelled A-M-S-T-U-T-Z. And you can find me on all social platforms as well at Lawson West. Perfect. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter and Letterbox at Lucas and Stuff. Speaking of Letterbox, somebody got featured in Letterboxd newsletter. Yes, one of my lists just got published on their on their newsletter of all the movies that I am embarrassed I haven't seen. So of all the things that I've published, that is the one that the, goes the public. The most embarrassing and one. <laughs> <laughs> the, the most embarrassing one. So I have a lot of movies that I need to, to watch as soon as possible. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, that wraps it up for us. We will see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Adios. Later. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Go away. I'll see you soon, okay? That's it. Go home. Yep. Moving along, Padre. Goodbye, old friend. That's it. That's our show for tonight, people. 